0: Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey everyone, Jordan here with the Startup to Scale podcast, and my guest today is Brett Karetsky, who's the co-founder of Unicorn. Brett, welcome on. Well, thanks, Jordan. I really appreciate you having me on today. Of course. So I've been following you on LinkedIn for a little while now, and excited that we have this conversation. So we would love for you just to give a quick thirty seconds on what is Unicorn.
1: <laughs> Unicorn is a, a CP, CPG beverage company um, focused on on both uh, their direct to consumer and, and retail space. Um, we're a beverage company um, primarily. We have aspirations of diving into other innovations. Um, we are kind of a part of another portfolio company called Enovium. Enovium um, is a, um, a startup portfolio company um, filled with other nascent brands. Um, we kind of fit alongside those other nascent brands in the portfolio. Um, we joined... Anovium recently so that's been kind of a part of uh, my journey after a long time in research and development Um, that's it that's kind of where where we are and that's what unicorn is i appreciate that so unicorn has been around for what about two and a half years now so unicorn as a c corporation has been around for about two and a half years um and now becoming part of another portfolio in 2022. Uh, it was really started and I had a kind of a rough start to it in 2019. Um, but Unicorn has a long history, Jordan. So even way before, um, the C corporation, um, we, uh, we pioneered Unicorn in the beverage category from an intellectual property position. Um, through one of my brick and mortar stores in Brooklyn. So um, prior to uh, having aspirations to start a a manufacturing or supplier company, um, uh, I was in retail. So uh, we had developed uh, hundreds of different drinks (laughs) um, uh, throughout my kind of tenure in retail. started in a juice bar and then kind of led its way to a coffee shop. And then eventually now it's a C corporation. Um, Unicorn originally came through my business partner, Madeline during our um, um, startup <laughs> aspirations um, in Brooklyn and then kind of in Montauk as well, which is out in the Hamptons vacation spot, tourist spot. but. Basically, both those places are filled with unicorns in general, right? I mean, (laughs) tons of people drinking like juices and smoothies and healthy foods. So, you know, in this day and age, like people use the term unicorn to kind of, um, I guess, describe or lens um, uh, into that kind of like uh, nutrition and lifestyle, right? Yeah, completely. So I'm glad you mentioned some of
0: the other things in your background, right? This isn't your first company. What lessons did you learn from your past experiences that you were able to bring into what you're doing now?
1: Uh, So many, right? Failure, how to deal with it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I've failed the first time and I failed the second time. Um, This time it's kind of going a little bit different, um, but I've learned kind of how to navigate the uh, industry a little better, right? So what those failures taught me is, how to navigate, how to kind of work with people that are, you know, know this industry a lot better than I do. Um, And then, you know, absorb, absorb, absorb um, as much as possible. Um, So we, in 2017 we had like a viral moment where um, the unicorn latte was born um, and that was like our baby. And that's where the C corporation kind of comes from. Um, so we kind of took our best-selling item or product or innovation, and we made that the name of our kind of company, um, which I thought was kind of just savvy. Um, but also, right, like that's what our customers are asking for. Like great drinks aren't inspired by drinks, right? They're inspired by customers and people. So over the years of thousands and thousands of customers to our stores and shops, you know, that particular item struck a chord. Um, what made it so special? I I, <clears throat> <clears throat> so timing, right? Timing makes everything really special. It's like a the perfect storm, I think. Like, you know, the health and wellness stage like macro stage of like its maturity in terms of, of, you know, the trade in general. Um, and then I think, you know, the, uh, where people are at in their own journeys. Um, and um, I think the product right itself was tasted great and was super fun and um, very colorful and kind of, the, at that particular time, like Instagram's algorithm, kind of really kind of caught it right. So um, it was the pictures and the the vibe were um, aligned really well with the community and the tech, um, which kind of served us really well in terms of press coverage and. Um, Because of that press coverage, we were able to kind of um, make a name for ourselves in the uh, community of uh, CPG um, leaders, executives, et
0: cetera. No, that's great. So... I always like to know kind of what founders experienced during that first year. So I love that you got the press coverage. What was that first year of business like for you? Kind of after you started the, the sequel? Way
1: too much press coverage. <laughs> <laughs> so, you never so hear So there that. is such thing as too much press coverage. Like I had a 300 square foot store. I literally built it out like myself and like two of my friends, like knocking the yeah. house. Like um, it was like, it, a store on the corner of Williamsburg, uh, by Kellogg's diner. Um, so it was like, um, it was like East Williamsburg. It wasn't even like hip Williamsburg. But <laughs> it was East Williamsburg, like little Italy kind yeah. of situation going on. And I think that's what made it even cooler. Right. We have rainbow bagel shop up the street. We have like mama milk bar, like yeah. right across the street, Kellogg's diner. So there's just like a hub right there. Um, of just like cool people doing cool things. And, um, I mean, we, it took us a while. The first six months of opening that shop were just brutal. Um, were people coming in like to the shop to like lines out the door kind of thing? What was that like? People were sleeping out front of our store. Like (laughs) Um, we would have, we had 500, 600 people in line all the way up the street around the corner people would wait hours just to get this unicorn latte. Um, And that's like a mild conservative way of putting it. Um, It was out of control. So I think like, right. Like, you know, you learn a lot from an experience like that. You learn a lot about like people's motivations, um, tendencies, um, what's likes or dislikes, like, um, you know, in terms of, you know, a, a consumer of a product like that, right? Like who's showing up, right? Um, yeah. So I think we had got a good idea of who our customers are going to be um, now or in the future. Um, and then we had uh, a lot of kind of interesting moments um, between the time of launch um, and then kind of until we closed the shop. Um, we... We're in an intellectual property infringement um, disagreement with our friends at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Um, Starbucks thought so highly of what we were doing um, that they decided to do it themselves. Um, So that's where the unicorn frappuccino kind of came from. Um, And then even this past year, um, our friends at Speedway, the uh, convenience store launched a unicorn drink in uh, thousands of their stores. Um, so we were in a disagreement with them as well. And um, we were able to kind of settle amicably with uh, both parties. Yeah, that's a tough thing that you
0: hear. It happens sometimes like in the in the CPG space around managing trademarks and intellectual property. Um, yeah. For the most part, you know, I, I've heard some brands they like, don't have to navigate that, which is great. But then yeah. when it does hit
1: you, it just can derail everything, right? <laughs> it, it certainly derailed everything. Um like for, it's like, wow, that's like a real pat on the back. Like good job guys. But at the same time, it's like, all right, well, we're a startup. I have like no money. So let's um, try to figure out like how to, again, navigate the industry. Right. And part of navigating industry is legal. So Mm -hmm. um, that was something that I had gotten very familiar with. In fact, we had great partners on that side of things um, you know from you know originally boy Schiller um, and uh, this latest kind of um, hiccup was with uh, Dana and Wigan um, but both you know the partners and associates and you know the admins and um, legal clerks everyone the judges uh, everyone was kind of you know, trying to understand really what was, going on, what was going on right now with this unicorn thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, right, it's just kind of process protocol and procedure and just getting acclimated to that kind of stuff. So I know you started with the unicorn latte
0: and now you have a canned beverage, right? So talk about the pivot to that.
1: Sure. All um, well, right. So kind of two ways to approach this kind of industry, it's food service and, and consumer packaged goods, right? Or FMCG, fast-moving consumer goods. So after kind of a lot of just you know feeling out and conversations, yeah, um, I thought it would be probably most prudent to enter the CPG space um, for the product, uh, it's personal preference, really of mine, nothing kind of there that's lensing credibility to one or the other for the brand. Um, You know, obviously as a coffee shop owner and being in food service um, is primarily kind of where this came from. And then we kind of pivoted to CPG. It just, I felt like there'd be more scale at CPG in CPG uh, eventually. Um, And I felt like that we could get our product to, our customers um, a little bit more seamlessly this way um, in CPG. The CAN, um, again, I mean, this is research and development. And so I just wanna like just harp on those two words, like that's what we're doing, right? We're researching and developing a product. So the CAN too, our first kind of go at it um, was, in my opinion, great, but there's just a lot of things that we need to consider, um, going forward. Um, not to get too specific, right. Um, but I'll be kind of leaning on, um, my partnership with, um, Inuvium to kind of, um, get more insight into, you know, what our next product is going to actually be. Um, it it may take on some of the features that you see today on the can, Um, but we'll kind of um, uh, have some other changes and potential line extensions off of that original kind of framework around the product.
0: Yeah, because positioning in this, I mean, it's interesting. Um, I've watched, uh, hundreds of cpg products come out and some are like incredibly simple they're like burr cracker you know (laughs) that's made for a cheese plate right like everyone knows where that is you can't get more complicated than that or more simple than that and then you know there's other brands who are really pushing the envelope and innovation and um you know i know you're like doing like coffee alternative beverages now and things like that which um maybe it's it's interesting you can talk about that as well going from a coffee shop owner to like a coffee alternative (laughs) um positioning is really hard and having a product that resonates with people so you know what, what are some of your lessons learned i know you're kind of going through some changes now is it like the look the flavor the the you know, taste appeal. I know, you know, the latte was so visual and took off on Instagram. It's a different experience having that in the can, right? Cause I think it's probably more of a clear liquid or something.
1: Yeah. So um, that's part of it, right? I, I do not want to sell a clear liquid um, <laughs> as a unicorn. So part of that is like, you know, texture, flavor, color, um, retailer white space um, beverage market kind of category, segmentation and maturity, um, you know, where do we fit? What sales channel are we in? Pricing, right? How much does it cost, the, the SRP, right? Yeah. Um, and then cost of goods, what does our supply chain look like? Um, understanding kind of big picture kind of marketing, um, schemes, creative agency, you know, how is this thing going to live online and in retail? Um and I think, you know, the longer the time goes on, uh, the more clarity we have around a lot of the questions um, that many founders kind of um rush to answer. Um so yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for so long, um, and I still don't have a product in the market. Um and that's really exciting to me, right? Like I take pride in patience and timing. Um, and, you know, now that I have like a unbelievable team behind me, uh, our CEO comes from 20 years at Pepsi and Coke. Um, you know, I, I'm learning a ton already. Our CFO comes from Pepsi. Um, we have a supply chain guy who's Pepsi. Um, so, you know, we have that kind of intellectual property from a standpoint of, um craftsmanship and um business um which right having great business managers is really important or more important than what type of creative agency you have or you know how cool your next nft is or <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just a supply chain operations distribution networks warehousing right retailer relationships broker communication real like
0: nuts and bolts <laughs>
1: Yeah, like real, real like essence to what you're doing, right? Completely.
0: Yeah, I think that's um, that's one thing that I've learned myself the hard way too, just with my past business T Squares and talking to other founders is you really have to have the foundation set and ready to scale, right? And it takes a little bit of time to figure out that foundation as all the things that you just mentioned from operations, your business model, your channels that you're selling in, because there's outside forces that can sometimes accelerate your growth, as you talked about with PR and some of the other things. Um, And even just like that self-desire to like really try to grow fast, that if you don't have the foundation set in a way that is going to make your humping sustainable at some point, like it's likely going to fall apart (laughs) or you're going to be like chasing money for forever just to keep the thing afloat.
1: Totally. I mean, it's sensitive, right? It's a thin line. I mean, you're very, very low margins in CPG in general. Um, So, you know, you need, you know, financing um, to scale, um, whether that be self-financed or an investor base, either one of those like requires a certain level of like just business acumen and, 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 you know, a steady head. Um, And um, I think people get so excited about whatever idea that they have because they are literally like nerdy about their invention, but your consumers aren't nerds, right? Mm -hmm. Like, about your product, right? You might be, but they aren't. So having that balance, um, just as a mindset, going into whatever stage of growth you're in, you know, whether it's going from zero to fifty thousand MRR, or you know, fifty to 100,000 MRR or when you're at 100 million ARR whatever it is right you just need to have that kind of just steady uh, mindset behind um, your innovations your choices um, you know your partnerships like you may want like the most expensive biggest broker out there to, to kind of pioneer your brand in retail but If you don't have the capital to kind of do that, then you have to find an alternative method. That's just an example of what I'm kind of getting at,
0: right? Yeah, definitely understand that. If you had one piece of advice to give to a new founder starting out, what would you tell them?
1: Oh, boy. Um, Well, I think surround yourself with the, you know, the best and brightest people um, that will tell you that you're wrong. Um, I mean, I think that that is primarily like how I've gotten to where I've gotten today. Just, you know, people telling me not to do something. So uh, you can, right, you can... If somebody's telling you that something is incorrect that you're doing, that means that they care, usually that they care about what you're doing. And you don't need people just patting you on the back and and telling you yes. And, you know, having a little friction is kind of, you know, to like the, as like an undercurrent to kind of a relationship for business is kind of very important um uh, the second thing i'd probably say is just try to have fun um listen we're all humans we're all breathing air i mean sometimes i'm just like what what is going on right now like how did this happen to me right (laughs) how am i here today um it's a long journey
0: it's a continuous journey right and enjoy every single, you know, you might not enjoy every single day, but enjoy every single week as best you can. Uh, right, and yeah. I've heard from lots of other founders, like, even if you get a big exit at the end, like it's the journey that you remember. And so make it one worth living. 100%. Perfect. Well, Brett, thanks so much for being on the show today. Absolutely, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me.